This message was presented at the GYC 2014 conference at the Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Okay, we're just about ready to start here. So we'll give a couple more seconds for everybody to get seated, and then we're going to talk about some of the most amazing miracles that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and many people have been surprised at what God's done over the last year and in, in some of the things that's taken place in San Francisco. We're going to be showing a five-minute video. How many of you, before we get started, have seen the Bridges to Health video? So not a lot. So we're going to be watching that, and in a couple minutes, I'm going to ask if we can turn the lights down, too. We'll give a couple more seconds here for everybody to get seated. Okay, well, before we get started again, I'm Leela Lewis. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here at GYC. This is my first GYC, and I have been personally, personally touched. Last night's sermon was unbelievable. This morning's sermon was absolutely amazing, and I am, I am excited to be with you guys here. So before we get started, if we can just have a word of prayer, I'm going to ask God's blessing, and I'm specifically going to ask that he will be lifted up and that we will experience and see what he has in store for each and every one of us for medical missionary work. So for those of you who are able, I'm going to go ahead and kneel, and if you'd like to join me, that would be great too. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the wonderful, wonderful opportunity that we have to partake and participate with you in helping those around us. I ask that you would give each and every one of us a living testimony, that you would change us from the inside out so that we can be living testimonies for those to turn them to you, the great healer of their body, mind, and soul. I ask that we, and specifically myself right now, would lift you up and give you all the praise and glory and that the world would know that truly, truly you are God and that you're waiting and ready to take us home to heaven, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this is part four of Medical Missionary Work. And again, I'm Leela Lewis. This title of this talk is Reaching Millions for the Master. How many of you, if you had the opportunity, would say that you would be excited to reach a million people for Jesus? I would be. I mean, the idea of reaching millions of people for Jesus is unbelievable. Now, in the last hour's lecture, Elder McIntosh, and I found this to be really interesting because this morning, my husband and I, in our little worship, our little Bible worship this morning, we actually studied Isaiah 58, and I threw this verse in here, and so it unbeknownst to me that Dawn and I were going to have the exact same verse initially preceding and then a meeting right afterwards as well. But anyway, Isaiah 58 is the essence, the essence of understanding who we as Seventh-day Adventists are and our role as far as medical missionary work is concerned. Now, I know Elder McIntosh already went over these verses, but I'm going to go over them again because we can never get too much of the Bible. Is that right? Amen? Amen. Let's get excited because we're excited for Jesus. Okay, Isaiah 58, 7 to 10. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? In other words, Jesus is saying, this is what I've asked you to do. To deal thy bread with the hungry, that thou may bring the poor into your house, as we heard happen in the last time with uh, Harvey Kellogg. When thou seest the naked, that you cover him, you give him some clothes, 
then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Then you're going to be able to share with those around you and your health will spring forth speedily. In other words, you give to others, your health is improved. Your mental, your physical, your spiritual health personally. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. Christ's righteousness will shine out to those around you and the glory of the Lord shall be your reward. Is that not our goal, brothers and sisters? Then thou shalt hear, thou shalt call and the Lord shall answer. When does Jesus answer our prayers? When is he answering our earnest prayers? What is it that happens before? What do we just say? What, what was happening before? When does it say, what, what happens before when we call out to the Lord? What were we doing? We were doing medical mercy. We were helping the needy, correct? We were helping the needy. We were helping those who had physical and mental and spiritual needs. And Jesus says, and then you shall call and I will answer. Thou shalt cry and that he will say, here I am. And thou shalt be, what does it say? Then shalt thou be of thee, shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. GYC, are you here to raise the foundation of many generations? Are you? Amen. Yes, you are. You are raising the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called, GYC, the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. You will be called the repairer of this breach that's developed when we what? When we start by helping those in need. So that is the essence, if you will, of what we're going to talk about today and over the next three talks. Bridges to Health was an exciting adventure. I'm going to tell you in a few minutes how it actually was inspired by God through Don McIntosh. We'll talk about that in just a couple minutes. And how we were, by God's grace, able to service 3,000, in fact, 3,100 people in three days. I didn't hear any words of amen. amen. That was God, brothers and sisters. In fact, everybody said it was impossible to be done, but with God, what? All things are possible. Free medical, dental, and eye care services to the Bay Area residents in San Francisco and Oakland. If I could get the lights down here, we're going to watch a five-minute video just to give an overview of what took place this last April. We'll want to shut the doors and turn the lights down. If we could, please. I may. Lights. Lights, please. forming 20 hours before the doors were scheduled to open. Residents of the Bay Area, eager to be the first in line to receive free medical and dental services, spent the night anticipating relief with the coming of the dawn. They came with pain. They came with questions. They came to bring a friend or relative in desperate need. By the time the doors opened, thousands had gathered in both San Francisco and Oakland, California for the Bridges to Health Medical and Dental Clinics, which promised free of charge services on a first come, first served basis. Organized by the Western U.S. Chapter of Adventist Services and Industries, or ASI, the unprecedented event included the involvement and partnership of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in both Central and Northern California, 
the church's Pacific Area Union headquarters, the office of the mayor in both San Francisco and Oakland, the Department of Health, and other civic ministry and health-related organizations. Over a three-day period, close to 500 healthcare professionals and volunteer staff worked tirelessly to provide dozens of medical and dental services to close to 3,000 local residents. Volunteers, most of whom are members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, came from all parts of North America, some even from as far as Saudi Arabia, driven by a spirit of service and the desire to meet the tangible needs of those who would come. Clinics were organized into specific service areas, each with its team of specialized healthcare professionals and trained volunteers. Patients were registered, triaged efficiently, and escorted to the proper area by hospitality volunteers. Waiting areas were set up near each service area as patients awaited personalized care. The services offered were comprehensive by any standards, considering that the clinics were housed in multi-purpose venues. Using high-end technology, highly skilled dental professionals provided crowns, fillings, extractions, cleanings, and necessary root canals. Meanwhile, on-site technicians ensured that the equipment was well-maintained and available at all times. Close by, patients received eye care services, including vision testing and free glasses. One patient, with tears in her eyes, explained how she would no longer need the large magnifying glass she had carried around in order to read. In yet another area, residents were able to visit one-on-one -on -one with primary care physicians, who consulted with patients and diagnosed a number of concerns. Specialized medical services were also available, including pediatrics, OBGYN, STD and HIV screening, medical massage, physical therapy, x-rays, and laboratory services. Perhaps the most dramatic example of the diversity of services offered was the general surgery, including an operation performed on a patient in order to take out a lipoma the size of a grapefruit. And yet it seemed by the event organizers, led by ASI's Dr. Leela Lewis, that the Bridges to Health experience could and should be even broader. In addition to personalized and professional health care, patients were offered a variety of live musical performances as they waited. School choirs, smaller ensembles, solos and instrumentals filled the venues as Bay Area residents awaited treatment. Patients also had the opportunity to take advantage of chaplaincy services, and those who were there over lunchtime were offered a free nutritious meal. In the end, over $5 million in health care was given to nearly 3,000 residents of the Bay Area by close to 500 service-oriented professionals and staff. Those could and should be considered tremendously successful results. And yet perhaps the greater results are the intangible ones. The effects in the lives of those who returned home and to their communities with less pain and more hope. And that is a purpose worth pursuing and a story worth telling.
the people said? Amen. We can turn the lights up. Brothers and sisters, it was absolutely amazing. You can go on to this slide. What God did was absolutely phenomenal. And how did this come about? Where did it come about? Well, let me just give you a couple minute backup. How do I go on to this? Um, we can turn the lights up. That would be awesome. So we were, I'm the president of Pacific Union ASI. For those of you who are familiar with ASI, it's Adventist Layman Services and Industries. And so I have the opportunity of being the Pacific Union chapter president. And we were at our chapter meeting, and one of our speakers was Elder Don McIntosh. Now, we all know he's very energetic and very exciting, as we just heard the last hour. And he got up front and he basically told part of the sermon that he just gave to you a few minutes ago. And essentially what he said is he said, ASI. We can go ahead and turn the lights. That would be awesome. Thank you. He said, ASI. It's nice that you have these conventions once a year, but what are you doing for the people around you? Why don't you next year do something for the people that live in the community around your convention? Why don't you give back to the community? And I sat there, and he watched a video of, of some, somebody doing something somewhere. And something, you know when God is talking to you? Do you know that experience where you kind of feel that tingle going up and down your spine? And you know God is saying, do it. This is what I want you to do. Do it. We didn't have a clue how to do it. I had no clue how to do it. But God knew. God knows how to do everything. He gives us the power. He gives the enablings always come with his biddings. Is that not correct? Always, always. And so step by step, God made the, a way for us to be able to do this. Now, we were down to two different cities, basically. We were down to Los Angeles and San Francisco. And there was a group of us. We said, well, which city should we have this event in? Should it be San Francisco or Los Angeles? And we wanted to go to the city Jesus wanted us to go to, obviously. Well, there's some benefits to both cities. Los Angeles, of course, being closer to Loma Linda, thereby higher staffing opportunities, we thought. San Francisco, San Francisco was already sort of the emphasis of Pacific Union as far as evangelism was concerned for that year. And so we weren't sure. So I'm going to tell you several principles. In my testimony time, how many of you were there for the first hour earlier today? A few of you. Do you remember the three things that I said were integral as far as a personal conviction? Anybody? Trust, pray, obey. And number two? Perseverance. And number three? Press together, press together, press together. Excellent. Very good. So we sat down. A few of us sat down. We actually knelt down, fell down on our faces. We said, Lord, we said we're going to fast and pray for three days. We want you to tell us which city you want us to go to. We want your blessing on this event. So for three days, we fasted and prayed, this small group of us. And we said, Jesus, tell us which city you want us to go to. And then I specifically prayed something that was a little unusual. I said, Lord, I said, whichever city you want us to go to, have the mayor's office of that city not only be okay with us coming to that city, but actually invite us and really want us to come. Well, that's a really strange thing to pray since I don't know the mayor's office of either city. At least I didn't at that time. By God's grace, we do now. So we did. Prayed for three days. I prayed this secret prayer. You know, Lord, you know, you know, tell us, you know, have the mayor's office of that city. Tell us if they want us to come. And again, perseverance being number two, right? I can't leave to God for do that which he's given me power and strength to do for myself. So I sent out emails to the mayor's offices of both cities. I made phone calls. At the end of three days, the mayor's office of Los Angeles essentially said, no, thank you very much, but no, thank you. San Francisco's office, exact opposite, said, 
not only by email, but by phone call, would you please come to San Francisco? I think this is something that our San Francisco residents could really get a blessing from. So by God's grace, we ended up in San Francisco. So that's kind of how it came about. It sort of developed, not sort of developed, it really developed as we, as we went along. We kept going back to the Lord again. Trust, pray, and obey as far as obedience is concerned. Following the Bible and the spirit of prophecy to a, God's, a God willing to a T as much as within our power. Trusting Him most importantly. And pray, pray, pray. You know, we've been given counsel in medical ministry that the work of bringing the message of present truth before the people is becoming more and more difficult. We are finding it to be more difficult. We live in a more secular society every day than we were 10, 15 years ago. And it's essential that new and varied talents unite, we talked about that too last hour, unite in intelligent labor for the people. In other words, we all need to be working together to come up with new and varied talents to come up to reach the people. Well, I believe that that is exactly what happened in Bridges to Health. We had, like it was said in the video, more than, actually it was 580 volunteers, right around 580, 580 volunteers, 585 volunteers. We serviced 3,100 people and by God's grace provided more than $5 million in service using these same three principles. But I'm going to tell you this. This is actually a picture of our primary care department. Um, the primary care department at the beginning of every meeting, in fact, all the departments did this, at the beginning of each day before the actual patients were seen, each department had its own prayer session. Then collectively, before all the departments even split off, we all prayed together. Because again, prayer is so, so powerful. It is what? What does prayer do? It moves what? Moves God, what is it? The mighty arm. Prayer moves the mighty arm of God. Is that not right, brothers and sisters? The prayer of faith, the prayer of faith. So truly, it did move God's mighty arm, but this process was not without difficulty. It was actually quite difficult. Satan did not want this to take place. What happened in San Francisco and Oakland was blatantly God, but Satan was not happy about it. Well, like I said, when we first sent out these emails to San Francisco, and they wrote back and they called back and said, oh, yes, please come to San Francisco. We definitely want you. In fact, we're going to collaborate with you. We're going to help you, provide you with XYZ building, and we're going to work together, and it's all going to work out. It was going to be initially a joint effort, if you will, between ASI, the Adventist Church, if you will, and the city of San Francisco. Well, God had different plans. God had different plans. So I'm sitting there in front of all these pastors. I went to the Central California Conference. It was right before Thanksgiving of 2013. And I'm just about to get up front in front of all the pastors and say, hey, guys, we want to collaborate. Because what, what did Don McIntosh read to us last time? The ministers and the medical missionary work are to work what? unitedly, pressing together, pressing together, pressing together. So I'm about to stand up and talk to all these Central California Conference pastors and tell them how wonderful it is that the city of San Francisco is providing the building. They're working together with us. Everything is looking great. The only downside in all of this was they were going to sort of dictate to us what we could and couldn't handle out, which was also a little bit of a concern. But nonetheless, we thought, well, the Lord is going to bless. It's all going to work out. I'm sitting there. And I get a little beep on my little cell phone, and I look down, and sure enough, it's an email. And in the email, two minutes before I'm supposed to stand up for these pastors, 
Email goes on to say, by Cara Zordell right there in the picture in the red shirt, she was um, one of the head department heads of um, the mayor's office of San Francisco. The email says, I am so sorry to tell you, but due to XYZ political reasons, we will not be able to collaborate with you. I am so sorry, we will not be able to support the use of your facility. Basically, you're out, and you can't have our malpractice coverage, and so basically wishing you the best, but I'm so sorry, we can't help you. <laughs> I'm about to stand up and talk to the Central California pastors and tell them how wonderful this is and how we're all going to collaborate together. And all I could do was just dart a prayer to heaven and say, Lord, what do I say to these pastors? What do I do? I have a whole PowerPoint presentation about to present to them to tell them all the miracles that, God, that you have done, and now I have nothing to tell them. And this still small voice said, Leela, be calm, be quiet. Stand up. Don't give them any specifics. Tell them what your, your goal is, God's goal is, to reach those in need, but don't give any specifics too much so anyway. So I stood up. I basically did that. I don't even know what I said. I, I have no idea to this. I can't, I can't remember what I said. But anyway, I said something. I did my little talk. Didn't give any specifics. At the end of that presentation, I wrote the woman back, and I called her on the phone, and I said, well, is there any way I can still meet with you? Because I had gone up to San Francisco to both meet with the city officials as well as with the pastors. I said, could we still meet, please? Would that be okay? Perseverance, right, brothers and sisters? Many never attain to what God has planned for them because what? They leave for God to do that which he's given them power and strength to do for themselves, and I'm going to show you that quote in just a minute. And so I said, okay. I said, Isn't it, could we just go ahead and meet? And she said, well, we're not going to come to any conclusions. I'm, I'm telling you that this is the way it is and blah, blah, blah. I said, well, could we still go ahead and meet, please? She said, sure, we'll go ahead and meet. So for two days again, fasting and praying, I got on the phone. I called many of you. I said, would you please pray with us over the next two days? Fast and pray with us. We're going to go. We're going to meet with these city officials. We're going to see what the Lord will do. If it's his will, he'll work it out. If it's not, then something else will happen. So, two days later, after fasting and praying, that morning, and of course we had been fasting and praying up to that day, that morning I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I felt really impressed to do something a little strange. I, I felt very impressed to get up in the morning. Now, we already had sev several hundred volunteers by this point who'd already signed up, and we had a few department heads that we'd already started to designate out. And so I, got, I felt impressed at 3 o'clock in the morning to get up, to write a document out essentially saying what our plans were, if you will, and who the department heads were of all these different departments, primary care, pediatrics, etc., and take that with me to the government officials at the city of San Francisco that morning. So I did. I got up, I started typing, and it seemed a little strange to me, but nonetheless, I did. I typed it. I got in the taxi, uh, again, praying the whole way there with many of you praying as well got and arrived at the mayor's office a little early. They came in. They were a little bit, if I could say so myself, a little hostile when they first arrived. There was about five to six of them and only myself there representing our church, if you will. And they essentially said to me right off the bat, do you know we're San Francisco? 
You do know what you're coming to, right? You're a seventh, you know, I said, well, yes, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. So you're a Christian. So you know that this is San Francisco. I said, well, yes. Do you know that we don't all believe the same as you do? I said, oh, yes, I, I realize that. Well, what are you going to do at this event that you're going to have when other people of uh, different belief systems, different desires for relationships come in? Are you going not, to not provide services to them? Oh, no, I was able to say by God's grace. Oh, no, just as Christ provided services freely to all people, regardless of race, socioeconomic status, regardless of anything, we do the same. Oh, really? Oh, no, of course, of course. Oh. I said, by the way, let me just present something to you. So I handed out this piece of paper that I'd felt impressed to write up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I handed it around the table. I said, let me just go through with you a few things. Now, I must say to you, it was mostly in our prayer and in our mind on that piece of paper. We'd never done anything like this before, but nonetheless, this is what we were impressed to do. So I handed it out, and I start going through the list. So I go through the department heads and what our uh, um, goals, if you will, for each of the departments were. And you could see in their faces, it was like, it was like this light came on them. They actually started smiling. And the head gentleman, who was one of the main directors for this mayor's office of San Francisco, starts texting in the middle of the meeting. He said, oh, it sounds to me like you need a meeting hall. Just a minute. Let me text so-and-so of the government official. Da, 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 da. He starts texting. It sounds to me, oh, you're going to, it sounds to me, he says, oh, it sounds like you're going to need some pharmacy assistance. Oh, let me see what I can do with UCSF and et cetera, et cetera. So in the meeting, in the middle of this meeting that had started out so strangely, God was clearly blessing. At the end of the meeting, to make it absolutely clear that God was in control, Cara Zordell walked me out of the meeting. Now, again, she was head of this organization called Project Homeless Connect, which is, again, a huge organization for San Francisco government. She walks me out, and she says, by the way, Dr. Lewis, she said, I need to tell you something. I said, oh. She said, and granted, she was one of the main ones that was questioning me so intently on where we would stand with people who believe differently than us. She said, I must tell you something. She said, my husband, myself and my husband, we grew up in the mission field. I said, oh, really? And now I'm kind of listening, you know. She said, yeah, we grew up in the mission field. My father was a Baptist minister, and my husband's father is a Seventh-day Adventist minister in Canada. I said, oh, really? She said, yes, and then she got tears in her eyes. And it, it gives me tingles even to say it right now. She said, my husband's father is going to be so excited that I'm working with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I said, wow. I said, I, didn't, I don't think I said praise the Lord, but in my mind I said praise the Lord. It truly, truly was an entering wedge for Cara Zordell. Here is Cara Zordell at the special tribute session. You can see our church officials there. There's Jim Gilley, and she's being presented with a special gift from our church. Cara Zordell, if I may say so, I believe is a pre-Adventist, God willing. The, again, that was prayer. The power of trust, what? Pray and obey. The parable of the persistent widow. We have been given counsel in the Bible that we are to be persistent, to pray and faint not, correct? Do you remember the story of the, of the persistent widow? Remember the widow, she was going to the unjust judge. You can read about it on your own. She was going to the unjust judge, and she just kept coming back and coming back, and the judge didn't care about people, and he certainly didn't care about God. But Jesus goes on to say, 
that if the unjust judge would finally listen to her just because she was tired of listening to all the naggings, if you will, then won't God, who is godly, obviously, avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, though it seems as though he's not answering our prayer immediately, he will answer our prayer if we continue to pray and pray persistently. I tell you that he will avenge or answer them speedily. Nevertheless, this is a question to all of us here at GYC. When the Son of Man cometh, when Jesus comes, will he find faith on the earth in you and me? I pray so. The answer to success, again, is a combination as well as perseverance. All who obey him and this is the combination of obedience as well, and do his biddings may with confidence claim the fulfillment of his promises, but we must what? We must what? We must show a firm, undeviating trust in God. Often he delays to answer us in order to try our faith. So we must be persistent and continue to pray. This is Mr. Bevan Dufty. This is the gentleman I was telling you about who at the end of the table started texting all of his different people in the government office. Now, Mr. Bevan Dufty, God put Mr. Bevan Dufty in our path to move numerous stones that, the, that Satan threw in our way. And we'll talk about a few of those in just a minute. But what the impression was, God didn't just help allow us to help those who were most in need, meaning the homeless and the needy. By allowing us to help those people, he also allowed us to reach the wealthy and the influential who otherwise, unfortunately, in most cases, would not walk into our churches. Mr. Bevan Dufty is one of those. Mr. Bevan Dufty was so impressed with what God was doing through the Seventh-day Adventist people at the event in Bridges to Health. He came down to the event and he walked around the whole Alamo or the whole uh, armory in San Francisco. And I took him up to some of our church officials and he said, he said, I want to tell you something to the church officials. He said, when we first became encountered as far as the Seventh-day Adventist church, he was speaking to that first meeting. He said, I was very skeptical. I'll just be really honest. I was very skeptical that anything was going to happen that was good out of this. He said, but as I have seen you reach out to those most in need, I'll tell you what. I may be a gay Jew, but I'll tell you what. I am the number one supporter of the Seventh-day Adventist church. If you need anything, he told this to our church officials, if you need anything in the future, you call me. Amen. Jesus knows the heart. Jesus knows the heart. And Mr. Dufty in his office of the governor or the mayor's office provided advertising for the event completely for free. We have an unwearied work to do. According to Galatians 6:9, let us not grow weary in well-doing. It's hard work working for Jesus, is it not? Is it easy? Is our path easy? No, he didn't tell us it's going to be easy, but it's rewarding, is it not? Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So let's not lose heart. This is one avenue where Mr. Dufty actually came in um, enormously. God used him to help us out. So as you remember, the original location where we were supposed to have the event fell through, correct, due to these political things. Well, Mr. Dufty knew that we needed a place to have the event, and he started recommending something called the Armory. Now, the San Francisco Armory 
For those of you who know San Francisco and the armory, you'll have more knowledge than I did at the time. But um, at the, t you know, uh, the armory actually did used to be a military armor storage unit. It was purchased some a few years back by a company called Kink.com. Well, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that. I just knew, okay, it's the San Francisco armory. Well, that sounds great, I thought. That sounds wonderful. So I took my family to go check it out, right? We have four little children. I have a 12-year-old, a 6-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And we decided, well, we would go take a tour of the building to see what we were going to be having the health event in. So we walked up to the front door of the armory and knocked on the door. And a big gentleman came to the door and said, oh, could we please, you know, innocently, oh, could we please come in and just take a quick tour of the, you know, of the armory? We just want to look around. We're having a health event. And the mayor's office recommended we come over here and whatever else we said. And the gentleman said, no, you can't come in. I said, well, why not? We just want to take a quick look. We, we promise we won't be here very long. And the gentleman leaned over. He says, do you realize what this is, ma'am? I said, well, yeah, it's the San Francisco Armory. He says, ma'am, we do adult film studios here. I said, oh, OK. Well, thank you so much. No, we, we, I guess we won't be wanting a tour at this time, but thank you very much. <laughs> so, so anyway, but do you know what? Do you know what? At that moment, many people began to wonder, maybe this is not what God wants. But does God know the heart? Does he? Does God know the end from the beginning? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And the armory, again, it was separated. We were, we were separated from this, the side that was doing the film studio where we had our event. And it was the most blessed place that God could ever have placed us. I'll show you a picture in just a minute of the gentleman there who actually came downstairs. Multiple people came downstairs from the armory, from the other side of the building, if you will. And they said, we needed this here. Thank you so much for bringing this here. We needed this here. Praise God, huh? Well, the miracle, one more miracle story as far as the armory was concerned. Well, when we decided, okay, yes, we're going to go with the armory by God's grace, we found out, oh, I'm so sorry. They've made a mistake. It's going to take two years for you to get rezoned in order for you to have your event. Well, oh, dear, this is January. The event's in April. This is not going to work out. So what do we do? Trust, what? Pray and... So flat on our faces we go, fasting and praying, dear Jesus, please, please move this stone out of the way. Not ending there, though, right? Because number two is perseverance. So we got to pick up the phone and make our phone calls and do everything within our power, right? We can't leave for God to do that which he's given us power and strength to do for ourselves. So pick up the phone and call Bev and Dufty, call whoever we can, think about how, what ways can we maneuver by God's grace and his power, instead of it taking two years to get rezoned, we got it rezoned in two weeks. Amen. 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 And this is a picture of some of the armory men. Again, where sin doth abound, what? Grace doth much more abound. We should never, ever write anyone off. Is that correct? Amen. Amen. God knows the heart. This is a story of John. Now, as far as the miracle story, there were many, many individual miracle stories, but this one I, in particular I wanted to share with you. John had just moved to San Francisco. He'd moved from Oklahoma. He had two very small children. I believe there was a four-year-old and a two-year-old, four-year-old little girl, two-year-old little boy. And he had come to San Francisco. It was cold. He had no place to live. They were living in a shelter. He had no job. Everywhere he went, he tried to get a job, and no one would hire him because he didn't have a tooth, or so John said. And so he was very depressed, very sad. He wanted to supply for his young children, but he couldn't. And one day, he was walking down 
the street and he was crying out to God, pushing his stroller with his little child in it and the other one walking along behind, saying, Lord, what am I doing here? How am I going to survive? And all of a sudden, a piece of paper flew in the wheels, spokes of his stroller. And he reached down and said, oh, what is this thing bothering me? And he reached down, he picked it up and it said, free medical, dental and eye care clinic. Oh, well, I have to go there. He went there right that same day. He and that was the, the day before the event, by the way. He stayed the whole night with his two little children so he could be first in line to have services the next morning. And here is John, by God's grace, after having been treated by Dr. Wendell Lawrence. Here he is right there. He was going straight from his treatment to go to the job center placement so he could get a job to provide for his children. And he said, truly... Truly, God led me to this place. Here's a story. Um, it didn't just happen in San Francisco. We actually did something that for an entire year seemed to my feeble mind to be a logistical nightmare. I had no idea how we were going to do this, but God did. We did two days in San Francisco, broke down on Thursday in San Francisco, and set up an entire event in Oakland for Friday's event to start seeing patients at 6 a.m. the next morning. How, Lord, are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? For those of you who know the Bay Area, it's not exactly light traffic in the latter hours of the afternoon. But nonetheless, this is the way the Lord seemed to be leading us. And so, again, as we're making our plans in San Francisco, we had to make consecutive plans in Oakland as well. So, again, reaching out to the mayor's office of Oakland. So, remember the day that I told you when God did all those miracles sitting at the table in San Francisco? That was the morning. The same day, the same afternoon... I then went to meet with Elder Pedersen of Northern California Conference because Northern California Conference is, is um, Oakland and Central California Conference is San Francisco. So I met with Elder Pedersen and we had an appointment set up with the mayor of Oakland. Now God had blessed so unbelievably in San Francisco, my human mind said, ha Oakland's a done deal. We don't even have to worry about it, right? I mean, God was so much there in San Francisco, Oakland's, Oakland's going to be easy. Not good thoughts on my part. So anyway, so I drove, we went into the meeting. We're in Oakland. Elder Patterson's sitting there. He said, how are you feeling? Are you comfortable? Oh, yes, everything went fine this morning in San Francisco. I'm sure God will bless, I said to him. We sat down in the meeting with the mayor of, of Oakland at that time. And essentially what she said was a completely different atmosphere. That when I handed out the piece of papers, I thought that was sort of my golden ticket, right? After San Francisco, I thought, oh, well, this will be the golden ticket. There was no good reception. All she said was, why are you guys doing this? The Buddhists are already doing this. Why are you doing this? It's like, oh, dear Jesus, help. Nothing. It wasn't going anywhere. Nothing happened. We left the meeting. Elder Pedersen asked me as we walked outside of the building. He said, so how'd you think the meeting went? I said, I don't think it went very well. He said, so what are you going to do? I said, well, I said, so far, God seems to be saying, do both cities, do both cities, so we're going to keep persevering. If God closes the door, then he'll close the door, but I'm not going to close the door on God. I am going to continue. We will continue to persevere. Here is the quote I keep saying over and over again. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 250. Many never attain to the position that they might occupy because they wait for God to do for them that which he has given them power to do for themselves. The power comes from God, but he expects us to act, right? The power comes from God, but he expects us to act. So as a result of that, although I had no, I mean, I'm being really honest with you guys. We had no connection.
connections with Oakland until March. The event was in April. Now, very few people knew that because we didn't want everybody to get scared and not want to proceed. But that's the honest to the Lord truth. So we made plans at the Oakland Coliseum, just never signed any contracts because we also run, a, run the risk of, you know, there's a fine line between uh, perseverance and running into, what is the word, guys? Presumption, exactly. So we didn't want to sign any contracts just in case that um, wasn't the Lord's will, but nonetheless, we had it all on reservation. And praise God we did, because into, my, into our lives, I should say, walked Mr. Paul Cobb. At the last minute, again, God, remember we read the statements earlier that sometimes God will cause us to wait in our praying, right? He causes us to wait because it causes us to realize our true need for him. God is the answer to our extremity, truly. So in walks Mr. Cobb. Mr. Cobb is a very, very, very influential individual. He owns the Oakland Post. He owns the El Mundo San Francisco, the El Mundo Oakland, many different uh, political magazines. He's a very powerful man. He's connected all the way up in our government, both on the Republican and the Democratic side. And I don't need to go into any more than that. I happen to be apolitical. But nonetheless, Mr. Cobb is a very very powerful, if you will, man. But so was Esther, was she not? Did God not use Esther to what? To save his people, correct? Well, Mr. Cobb happens to be a Seventh-day Adventist. He was raised in a Seventh-day Adventist home, and just before coming to our rescue, Mr. Cobb had had a reconversion. Well, I got in contact with Mr. Cobb, and he said, why haven't you called me before? I said, I didn't know how to get a hold of you, Mr. Cobb. He said, well, you should have called me before. I said, okay, well, thank you so much, Mr. Cobb. So how can we resolve this problem? He said, no problem. He said, we'll get you an appointment with the mayor. You just, you just wait. We had an appointment with the mayor's office of Oakland the next day, my, brother, my brothers and sisters. It was powerful what God did through this gentleman. So we came, we came to the meeting. We had the meeting with the mayor's office. Now, this time, the meeting with the same mayor was very different than the first one. Mr. Cobb walked in and he said, now, Mayor so-and-so, I just want to make sure that you're not going to embarrass me in front of my church. Oh, what church might that be, she said. Why, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, of course. Oh, that's wonderful, she said. And <laughs> to me, you know, tell us all. So, and how can we all work together? Oh, well, Mayor, I just want to know that you think it's okay for us to do the Oakland Coliseum for the Oakland event. Absolutely, absolutely. You tell us what you need. You need police. You need fire chief. You've got it. Praise God. The problem was solved, and it was solved three weeks before the event. And thank you, Jesus, that he did, because Oakland was unbelievably successful. At 6.30 in the morning, in the rain, brothers and sisters, there were 3,500 people lined up in the rain all the way around the Oakland Coliseum. 6.30 in the morning. When I drove up, I said, dear Jesus, Oh, dear Jesus, help us, because get me in there. I said, get me in there. we got to help those people. We only had supplies to see a maximum number of 1,000 per day, but God blessed us, and we were actually able to see 1,100 that day. So we got in an extra 100, but there were, what is that, 2,700, 2,800 people that had to be turned away. Brothers and sisters, we are in America with an insurance, with multiple insurance plans. We've got the Affordable Care Act. We've got personal insurance. We've got Medicaid. We have lots of insurance, but guess what? We still have a need. Jesus still needs you. 
Jesus still needs you, and he needs you all over the world. And so as a result of the number of people that showed up, the media went haywire. We had helicopters flying overhead. We had the media trucks in there. We're talking CBS, NBC, US News and World Report. This thing was, world, was nationwide and even worldwide. The event was absolutely blessed by God. One more miracle story, and how am I doing for time? Just a few more minutes. This is another, I love miracle stories, by the way, if you haven't told. But anyway, this is uh, Mayor, or, I'm sorry, Officer Kaprosh. Now, did I not say it was a difficult experience? Did I or did I not? Yeah. Yes. It was a difficult experience. Was Satan happy about what was going to take place or was he not so happy? He wasn't very happy at all. In fact, it was two days before the event was to happen. Two days before the event was to happen, the police chief of San Francisco had already given us full privileges, full sanctions. Everything was a go. We had been ha we'd had meetings with them. We had not been presumptuous. We had, by God's grace, done our part. Two days before the event, I get a phone call. Dr. Lewis, we have a problem. I said, what's the problem? Well, we're down here at the armory, and the police chief is here and says this thing is not going to go. There is absolutely no way this thing is going to go, the police chief said. He's concerned there's going to be riots, and you're going to have to shut the whole thing down. Two days before the event, we have people flying in from all over the world to participate, volunteers. We have the, you know, the church has given money. Every, you know, everybody's planning on this big event, and I've got the police chief saying it's not going to happen. Again, what do you do in an emergency situation? Pray, don't appear to heaven. So we're driving down the road. We're in Oakland, Sanford, separated by the Bay Bridge to San Francisco. I said to my husband, I said, honey, get me over to San Francisco right now. It's 4.15 in the afternoon. We're separated by the Bay Bridge in traffic. I don't know how many of you know the Bay Area, but it's not going to happen, okay? So I'm like, dear Lord, please get us through this traffic. I have got to get to the police chief and be able to talk to him in person. I said to the gentleman on the phone who was uh, my logistics, uh, head of my logistics, I said, let me talk to the officer, please. He hands the, the phone over to the officer. I said, Officer Kaprosh, and I just start talking to him. I just, didn't, I just didn't want to get him off the phone. I just wanted to keep talking to him. Can I answer your questions? What questions can I answer for you? How can we work this out? Blah, 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 blah. Answered his questions as best I could. Oh, no, no. He said, I am too afraid. You know, just last week there was a sale on eggs and they sold the eggs for 99 cents versus $1.29 and there were riots on the street over the eggs. And you're coming into town and you're going to get people free dental work and free medical work and free medications. And what, what are you, there's going to be riots. There's going to be people killed. This is not happening in my city. It's a no-go. I said, Officer Kaprosh, how else can we make this work? I'm just, dear Jesus, help. Dear Jesus, help as I'm talking. And so I keep him on the phone. By God's grace, somehow my husband was able to maneuver traffic, which I'm sure it was just angels kind of pushing the cars out of the way. Nonetheless, we got to San Francisco. We both jumped out of the car, raced inside. I still have Officer Kaprosh on the phone because I didn't want to get off with him, afraid he was going to hang up on me and go away. I raced in, sit down in the meeting, and brothers and sisters, I am absolutely, unbelievably excited to tell you that as we sat in that meeting with Officer Kaprosh at the end of the meeting, instead of him being against the event, he was supportive. He was so supportive. Oh, I can't see the picture. He was so supportive of the event that he said, I asked him, I said, would you come to our training session tonight? This is the last training session we're having at the San Francisco Central Seventh-day Adventist Church, and we have people coming from all over the world. Won't you come and speak to them? He said, well, 
I think I will. I said, you know, it would be a great opportunity to tell the volunteers that we need to be careful from a safety perspective. Oh, well, oh, okay. Well, I, I guess I'll try to be there then. So by God's grace, there is Officer Kaprosh standing at the podium that Ellen White herself preached from. Amen? Amen. Before they call, I will what? Answer. And what? While they are Yet speaking, I will hear. Jesus answers our prayers. Like I said already, massive media publicity. This was not just, again, it was an awesome opportunity to reach those most in need, but it had a trickling effect. It helped those who were the higher socioeconomic levels that would normally never, ever consider Seventh-day Adventism. Six days, for six days, for the three days of the event and three days after, 79 major radio and television reports, and that didn't include all the newspapers and the emails and the internet um, news as well. It was more than $125,000 worth of free media publicity for God's Seventh-day Adventist church. The number three reason, again, it's trust, pray, obey, Perseverance and the most important kind of that I think is so important that we've been hearing about is the worst evil is pressed together, pressed together, pressed together. The medical and the non-medical, the, the, the church leaders and the laity working together. God truly blessed. As far as the collaboration is concerned, we had two churches, one in Oakland and one in San Francisco where the individuals could pick up their free glasses, right? Because the individuals who came through got glasses. And they had two churches where they could go depending on where they got their health care taken care of. And by God's grace, we had at the San Francisco Central Church more than 50% of the patients when they came signed up for Bible studies. That was really unbelievable to me. It was total God, but guess what? I believe there's more. I believe what you're going to hear about on, on the sixth uh, topic, which I believe is Sabbath afternoon, you're going to hear about what's going to take place in San Antonio. And God has an amazing, amazing plan where by his grace I think we're going to see much better success as well. Local cooperation, again, these are the ladies preparing our lunch meals. In our large cities, the medical missionary work must go hand in hand with the gospel ministry. It will open doors for the presentation of truth. I want to tell you about Pam and Ivor Myers. Now, this is Pam. I'm going to leave you with this miracle story. Now, Pam um, was a, a young woman. She had actually shown up to the San Francisco event. And this particular morning, one of our doctors, Dr. John, had gotten up in the morning, and he had gotten up very early and was really convicted that he wanted Jesus to help lead him to someone truly searching that day. So he prayed that intently. Well, meanwhile, Pam had gotten up early, and she was in desperate need of some medical care. So she got in the line, and she was in a wheelchair, so she wasn't as fast as some of the other patients. And the announcement was weighed. Remember, there were 3,500 people in line, and there were only 1,100 able to be served. And the announcement had to be made, we're so sorry, we've reached our maximum capacity for the day. We won't be able to service any more patients. And out of Pam's mouth began to cry aloud, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, somebody help me. In the name of Jesus, somebody help me. Dear Jesus, somebody help me. Well, Dr. John happened to be walking outside at that particular moment. And he walked by Pam and he said, ma'am, what's the matter? Why are you crying out? She said, 
I don't have money for medication. She said, I have high blood pressure, and I've run out of medication, and I have no money to buy it, and my insurance won't cover it, and I desperately, desperately needed blood pressure medication. I got a flyer, and I was coming here to get my medication and be seen, and now the announcement has been made that I can't be treated, and I don't know what to do. In the name of Jesus, will not somebody help me? And John's heart broke for the woman, and he was able to work some maneuverings out, and we were able to get Pam in. She was able to see the primary care doctors, get her medication, but brothers and sisters, it didn't end there. Pam then went on to the preventive medicine department with New Start. We have a whole section in preventive medicine department there at the event. And she was able to learn not only how to prevent disease, but how she can even, in many cases, defeat and treat her disease of blood pressure. It didn't end there. She then went from there to the chaplaincy services where they had time to offer her prayer and talk to her about her spiritual health. It didn't end there. Somebody invited her to Ivor Meyer's series, and she came to the evangelistic series, and here she is with her husband signing up saying, I wish to be baptized by God's grace. Pam is unlike many, many, many who are seeking and searching for the truth, brothers and sisters, and you and I have an opportunity. In fact, we have more than an opportunity. We have an obligation to reach those people for Jesus. Is that not true? How many of you wish to answer that call? How many? I do. I don't know if Bridges was an answer to this vision. I don't know, but it does cause me to wonder. At that time, I dreamed a dream. I saw two beehives, one in San Francisco, one in Oakland. In the hive in Oakland, the bees were diligently at work. After a time, my attention was again called to the hive in San Francisco, and I saw that an entire change had taken place. Great activity was seen among the bees. They were earnestly at work. Are you a bee at earnestly at work? Are you? I pray so. I pray I am a bee earnestly at work. We're going to be learning about some amazing opportunities to earnestly work together. What? Trust, pray, obey, persevere, and most importantly, unite hand in hand. Medical, non-medical, laity, non-laity, church officials all working together because, brothers and sisters, we are the Seventh-day Adventist church. We are the remnant people waiting to go home to Jesus, but he's waiting on us to do something. He's waiting on us to share him with those who are in need. Again and again, I have been instructed that the medical missionary work is to bear the same relation to the third angel's message that the arm and the hand bear to the body. They've got to open the door so the head, the arm, and the body can enter. Under the direction of the divine head, God, they are to work unitedly, preparing the way for the coming of Christ. The right arm of the body, if truth, is to be constantly active, constantly at work, and God will strengthen it. Brothers and sisters, are you ready to work for Jesus? Amen. Are you ready to work for Jesus? It's not going to be easy, is it? Satan's going to throw out some hurdles, but guess what? God's going to move them away. Elder McIntosh, would you come up here and have a consecration prayer for those of you who are truly ready to make this commitment to Jesus, to work hand in hand with him and let him, you will see the most amazing miracles. I ask you to kneel down with us right now as Elder McIntosh is going to pray for us.
Father in heaven, we're thankful today uh, about what we've heard, about a changed life given to you with Dr. Lewis, and uh, about how you turned the world upside down and desire our church, this church, to commit to the same thing. We're thankful for the glimmers of hope that we've seen in San Francisco. We're thankful for the miracles we've heard about that give us confidence that you're still at work in this world. We're thankful for how each of these stories indicate that your consecration to us is true. You ever live to make intercession for us. And you're wanting to work through those who are consecrated to you as well. You want to use us just like you used Mr. Cobb and the other stories we've heard about. And you can do that more effectively if we ourselves say, Lord, use me. I dedicate my life and time to you. That's what we want to do right now. So we ask, Lord, that your consecration, which motivates us, you could instill that, that spirit within us, that we might be used by you, not just uh, in San Francisco or other cities, but even in our own homes, our own communities, our own churches. We thank you. We praise you. We come in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2014 conference at the cross in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.